What's up, everyone? This is episode number 12 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and I'm hoping that you're moving right along and that you just listened to episode 11. If you haven't, you really need to listen to that one first. Um, For those of you that have already listened to that, just a little refresher. Adam's come back on. He's joined me to talk about PWCC and their CEO's recent interview on Cardboard Chronicles, where their CEO, Brent, he talked about alteration versus conservation, his new marketplace tenants, and so on. Um, At this point in our conversation, we're moving more into the topic of modern cards and what this whole fiasco looks like moving forward. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's um, continue with Brent and Josh's interview. Okay. It was a, at this point that Josh brings up trimming and patch swapping, um, which would cover more kind of our our basketball cards that we're interested in, the more modern stuff too. So he asked them then, you know, what happens after you've discovered something? You know, do you work with the grading companies to figure out what's going on? And like a lot of Brent's answers, he didn't discuss what is happened previously or what's currently happening it was more or less you know a new day is on the horizon this is what i want to do but that's not what josh was asking i don't think but he says he you know he brings up the grading company he says we really want to get our ducks in a row now an an interesting thing though he brings up their new marketplace guarantee which is retroactive to 2015 they have complete sales records available to them He said, we're taking responsibility for any card we've ever sold, uh, which may have issues surfacing around the concern of alteration. We want to see the card back. We want to review it. We want to work on behalf of the guy who bought it from us, from our client. um, And we want to see that the right thing is done. So then they're going to, their plan is they're going to get it in hand. They're going to confirm whether it's been altered or not, or, and then some rationale. And they're going to try and talk to everybody involved. So now he said, what I'm not proud of is that in the months and years prior, without our stance being made public, we didn't have anything we could enforce. So he's basically saying, thanks to the message board pictures, yeah. now now we can go after these people. Yeah, it does sound like that, doesn't it? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he not say that pictures are not evidence? So he... When he's talking, when he's talking earlier in the show, and, and and again, I told you before we got on, I wish I had time to listen to the whole thing twice because I've only gone through it once, and there's a lot of meat, right? To everybody who hasn't listened to it, go listen to it. And I, I read, I read some people say on the message boards that they didn't that they didn't want to read it. That's understandable, but I I think that to be educated on this rather than to just sort of jump in and take a side. Really like listen listen to it first, but but early in the interview, I think he says, you know, in in terms of grading the cards, the evidence needs to be sort of on like like I said, like on the card in front of you, viewable when you're looking at it. It sh- it, it can't be something where you're like going to find it, you know, out on the internet. The evidence needs to be there, and and um, that's that's how he's sort of defining the difference between alteration and conservation. I don't think he's saying, hey, you can look at this and you can actually tell, like, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth again, but I would argue that you can tell that something has been altered by looking at another image, but it's hard to hold somebody to sort of that standard while grading a card. And so um, right. I think that 
it seems to me that that what they're going to do, and I and again, I, this is this is something that I would applaud them for. It seems to me that what they're doing is they're saying, "Hey, I'm looking at this card that we sold for somebody else, and it is altered, and and I need to go let that buyer know that that we sold them an altered card, and I need to go let that person who sold it know that we're not okay with this, and 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 then at that point, hopefully, PWCCs." objective is to find out whether the person who sold it using them is in fact the person who also altered the card. Yeah, I I like that part and I think that he's probably even doing some stuff that maybe the grading company should be involved with and he sounds like he's trying to get them involved with as well. Yeah. The problem could be, you know, this this is why they've been very bullish on this whole alteration versus conservation thing. Because now the tenants say, you know, we'll, we'll refund for the alteration. You know, is it going to be like when you take something back to Target or wherever and you have to argue with the manager on why it should be returned or not? Mm. Is that what we're going to run into? Mm. Um, because, who you know, there's no third party there. It's just them saying, oh, no, that's conserved or yes, that is has been altered. Well... I think that's why the first thing that they posted that was the definitions of the two things, I think that's why that's so important because in no circumstance is trimming ever conservation. In no situation is switching out a patch ever. In no situation is recoloring a card or bleaching a card ever conservation. The And again, I'm using this word conservation that, he, that I feel like he probably invented Right, like he, he probably invented it for this purpose. I feel um, dirty saying it, but I'm trying to use the terms that he uses yeah, well, because it was his interview. Well, I think I think that that the word that the word itself is sort of up to debate, but the idea that there's things that can be done to a card that that the general um, body of the of the of, of the hobby like feels is acceptable, like that that I feel like that's undeniable, I, and I, I automatically I go to the you know using a microfiber cloth on a, on a prism card. Um, there are some, there is some line, but what we're learning as we look at the, as we look at the threads is that everybody has sort of a different line as to what is appropriate and what's not. But anyway, we've already gone down that, we've already gone down that path. I like this idea though. Of him. I will, you know, I want to give him credit. I don't want this, this is not an attack, you know, episode, although I will be critical where I feel it's necessary. Sure. Um, I like the idea that they're going back I like the idea that they're, you know, going to get people. Um, and now he's saying that there's a project underway that is stemming from this evidence and from this work done on the message boards where they're going to create a, a, um, a database for all of these altered cards. And right now it's not publicly viewable. He says they've been working on it for months, although the site is not built. There's, a, I didn't quite understand what's happening here. Yeah, I didn't um, either. This was this part was confusing to me. I wanted to put my hand in the air and say, "Well, Brent, if you guys aren't the because because remember he was really clear that they're not the creators of the site. I wanted to put my hand in the air and say, right. Brent, who's who's doing this? Like, and who's paying? Who, them to who do is it? the third party? Yeah. Right. And if you appoint a third party, are they really a third party? Right. Because he he used the word he used the word independent several times. And you know, yeah. I, I was an auditor before, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a previous life, and and independence is um, independence is an interesting thing. And so you're you're asking the right question, Kyle. If 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 they're paying them, are they really independent? But 
somebody has to pay them. And so, again, I don't, I, I would more be on the applause side of that conversation. If they're willing to pay somebody to do that work, somebody does, somebody has to, right? Somebody's got to do it. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, and he said they've been working on it for months, which uh, this whole thing seems kind of rushed to me. And, but uh, so I, I kind of doubt that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I can't prove that. And, and he says in there, there was something really interesting. He says it would be easy for us to take down. He's talking about their auction history and their archives of images. He says it'd be easy us to take down that site. And then he laughs at the idea, you know, so that people can't do the research. He says, you know, we're not going to do that. Well, actually, I guess there was a server switch or something this week and... It looked like exactly that happened, because right in the middle, right in the middle of everybody doing all this research, like these ninety-three trimmed curry and hardened cards had just come out, and they were using all of these images, and then all of a sudden, all the images went dark, right, and and they couldn't access them. Yeah, it it seemed very suspicious at the time. I'm not going to accuse him because I don't know. I, I'm not a server guy. The timing's not good, though. Yeah, we'll put I, it that way. What I would say, what I would say about that is, as long as there's nothing that anyone can sort of show that shows that something permanently disappeared, then I think they're fine. But, um, but I think you know he's he is right that 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 that, um, that that side is helpful. I think it's less helpful than Worth Point, and Worth Point's not going anywhere. And I think everything that was that has been up on PWCC is also up on Worth Worth Point, and so. Um, I don't know that I don't know how much his site actually will be helpful on that. Um, yeah. But so so whether whether it seems, you know, like if I was him, I would probably say, hey, look, yeah, I've left this site up. Look at me like not in that way. Right. He's far more diplomatic than that. But um, right. But but that's the gist of what he would say. But I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if he removed it, if it would actually change anything, because like I said, worth point is as you and I've learned, right, is, is the, is the far better, um, is the, worth point has everything that PWCC has and then a lot more basically in terms of images. Yeah. The thing though about the, uh, I think PWCC has a lot more high res images and that's really crucial when it comes to this stuff. Good call. I, I Um, was was unaware of that. Good call. Which, and, but somebody correct me, you know, at wax museum podcast, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. That's my Instagram. Um, so then Josh asked another good question here, although, you know, there were a few questions that we've discussed here that I would have liked to have seen talked about, but, um, he says, you know, is this, when you track these people down and you're trying to ban some of these people, is this a first time offense thing or, you know, do you have to notice a pattern? How are you handling the number of offenses for a different seller? How are you banning them? I thought it was a good question. Yeah. I don't think it was actually answered. I don't feel like having heard his response that I know any more about that process than I used to. Remind me what he said. So he said, um, he starts off once again, he says, my company has been used as a front to sell cards and I'm not happy about it. Um, He says, I'm not naive into thinking that um, it was a shock to us. Then he goes in once again, the problem is we, until very recently, we had no evidence that we could definitively point to to take action and not create a fight. And then once again, he goes into, for the first time in history, we have a completely independent, unbiased third party reviewing this information. 
So he never actually answered the question, you know, how many times does somebody have to send it? You know, is there a threshold or do you, you know, if somebody's already got a bad reputation somewhere else, do you ban them, you know, even before that? Or do you give them one shot? You know, what, what does this look like? And he never really said it. He said, if the acts are of a sufficient negativity, they're going to be reported and the info will be shared not only with the auction houses, but with the grading companies. Sufficient negativity. Number one, what does that mean? Yeah. Number two, is is he going to become buddy buddy with Probstein and eBay and PSA? Are you know are they really going to have these roundtable discussions? Yeah. So can we talk about this part for a sec? Because this is this is um, man. There's there's so much stuff to to, to talk about here. I almost kind of don't even know where to start. Um, can you start with the sufficient negativity? Okay. So. You remember how um, there's the Roger Maris thread that shows that there's like there's fake 1990s cards out there. Yes. Okay. So just a little context for people that maybe aren't message board users. There's a, a user named Roger Maris, not to be confused with the baseball player, <laughs> um, and he has basically revealed. Um, some tips and tricks that there are a lot of really rare, expensive 1990s basketball cards that are sought after, but there's a lot of fakes out there. Right. And he discusses a lot of that in this thread. So the reason that I bring that up is he is hesitant to, to give away the playbook. He's hesitant to say to the world, hey, guess what the fakers are doing? This is the way I can tell because there's this issue with the card that they haven't gotten just right. The reason that he's hesitant to share that is because he doesn't want them to know how he can tell. Because as soon as you give that away, you give them a chance to sort of perfect their methods and and you don't want to do that. Well, you think about PWCC and the situation that they're in right now. You don't want to clearly outline how you determine whether somebody is altering cards because as soon as you show that, then, then what that alterer does is says, okay, what do I need to do to get around this? My, my, really, right. my, I'm, I'm usually a pretty positive person, but I'm going to be really negative here for a second and, and share what I think is a, a really a dirty secret. And that is that I don't believe that PWCC has the ability at this point to kick out the bad guys completely because, and, and I don't think that PSA or BGS does either. And, and, and the board keeps calling for, you know, we need you to get rid of these guys. And I'm one of those people who's put my hand in the air saying, you need to do everything that you possibly can for these guys that we know are trimmers, that we know are doing bad things. You need to do everything in your power as those companies, those three companies, PWCC, PSA, and BGS. But I just don't believe that they will be able to. And the reason is simple. It's not hard in today's day and age to have an address change, have an email change, and have a different account. It's not hard in these days to to send something to somebody who sends in a group submission of cards. I think the people who want to submit cards to these companies, whether it be to the consigners or to the to the grading companies, have an ability to do that. And I say that kind of thinking, oh shoot, I hope they don't steal from my playbook saying that. But I mean, this is obvious, right? Like this is not hard. Yeah. People who are listening to this show right now have said, have said, you know, have sent things to people to 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 get them graded before, right? Like, and as part of a group submission, we all know know how how this works. I just don't know what they can do. I mean, what do you think? Like, how do they actually eliminate these people? How do they get them out of the hobby? 
let's say if, if one of us was friends with one of these people, and what's to stop them from giving me the cards and me going to a show and mixing it in with a batch of 30 plain Joe cards or whatever, you know, or even nice cards, because then they're using my reputation. Yep. So we, like you said, it's going to be really hard to stop this stuff. We hope that they step up and then these guys will probably evolve and they'll have to keep working. I think that's still progress though, right? I think so. And here's what I would say. And this is, this is the line that we get to real quick that I think is, man, this is tough. I believe, although there may be legal ramifications to this, I believe that PSA, PWCC, and Beckett have... I believe their best course of action is actually to discover the issues and then go back and see if they can trace where the card has been owned and see if they can trace who actually has done the alteration. And when they discover those things, I want I, I would call for them to present that to us publicly. Now, they won't want to do that for legal reasons. No. You know, but... But if they don't do that, then how can we know? How can we figure it out? Again, this feels like another one of those unanswerable questions. I don't know what they're supposed to do. I don't know how they can fix it. I know I can be like everybody else out there, put my hand in the air and say, these guys need to fix it, but that doesn't do any good. Like coming, just pointing out a a problem without a solution really doesn't get us anywhere. And and unfortunately that's what most of the boards are is, is people saying this sucks and this is bad, but that doesn't help us. What we need to do is figure out a way that we can actually prevent these guys from doing this. And that's why, you know, hopefully we'll get the chance to talk about it a little bit later on, but that's why I would call for sort of grading as a whole to be changed because I don't believe at this point that they can kick out the bad guys and I don't believe that they can tell perfectly whether something's been altered or not. I think the issue is, and I know that there's not an easy answer, and I don't envy the positions of the consigners or the grading companies, but I just don't even see anything that indicates that they've worked for progress. Yeah, you're right. I agree. And that's what bothers me the most out of anything. We're going to hear this whole spiel about, you know, uh, he even used the terms like greener pastures and blue skies are coming, something like that. Like, no, don't don't feed me lines. I'm not stupid. You know, collectors are not stupid. Give us some meat and potatoes here. Give us something to work with, which in, in, in his defense, he did. You know, they're going to do the website and everything. But some of it just seems really vague and thrown together don't don't try and trick me by saying it's you know this is months and years in the making or whatever it's not it there's just just nothing that indicates that it is what would make this a lot better situation from our perspective Whew. ah it's a good question i personally want them to publicly out the guys that they've discovered are altering cards that's what i want them to do and i think we both agree that that's unlikely that we'll ever get that so, you know, if they just come out and say such and such has done this and this and this, well, it may be true. You've got some legal issues at hand, maybe defamation of character. I don't know how far that could go. But what they could do is say, here are some runs of certification numbers where we see, you know, 70% of these cards are altered. Give mm-hmm. me the whole, give me a run of 70 cards, or not me, but one of our message board experts. Give them a run of 70 cards. They're going to track the sales and they're going to find out who it was. You know, even if it was through a consigner, they're going to find out who the buyers were. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for these guys doing this good work. So I want to emphasize that too. There's a lot of bad, but there's a lot of good stuff going on right now too. 
There's your there's your salt of the earth, guys, right there. <laughs> salt of the earth, and not the not the kind that poisons your crops. <laughs> no, no, th- those guys those guys are. I mean, I don't want to overstate it. Those guys are heroes to the hobby, though. I do want to go back to some of what Brent said here. He said the people who will remain in this market and change their behavior are also the people who are going to step up and admit any wrongdoings, and they're going to write checks for their mistakes. Ooh. I'm not interested in my company or PSA just writing a blank check. <laughs> and he said, I want the pain to flow right where it needs to flow, which, you know, I, I'll be, I'm not trying to troll here. I laughed out loud when that, when he said that part, I want the pain to flow right where it needs to flow. Like he's, he's, you're not Bane. You know, like you sell sports cards. Gotham's not in danger here. What do you um, What do you think of the message behind it, though? It's a great threat. Like you've done wrong, you're gonna pay. That's like that appeals to our psyche. Like good is going to prevail. The problem is how. How yeah. do you? What if What if the guy says no? I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. You are you gonna actually? You know, are you gonna turn him into somebody to the trading card police? You know, is there enough there that constitutes fraud? If it's not a huge, large scale thing from one person, are they interested in having another Operation Bullpen or whatever with the FBI? Yeah, I hope I hope he uses every bit of leverage that he can. I mean, here's the thing: is he knows, right? Like we we spend all these time this time trying to figure out who's done what and and all this stuff like he has a perfect record of of people who have later found out that their cards are um altered and then he can go back and see who the original seller was and when he can do that like he knows the answer yeah it seems like he's the missing link here like you've got all like you said you got everything you know they'll tell you if they've got it from someone else supposedly well at least then you've got some lineage but I don't, you know, I don't know if he wants to go on a wild, you know, goose hunt with somebody saying, "No, I got it from him, and I got it from him, I got it from him." In the meantime, he's cutting checks. Can you imagine if 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 he came out and he said tomorrow, he said, "Listen, we have somebody who has submitted thirty different cards that we found out have been altered, and uh, those thirty different cards have yielded hundred thousand dollars." And um, we are contacting the people who bought those cards. We will be we will be reimbursed. We will be allowing them to, to sell them back to us for the price that that they paid, um, if they choose. Um, and and if if this person wants to own up to it and give us the money that we can then send back to them, then great. We will do that, and we will take the cards off the market. We will do that. But if they're not willing to, then we will out this person to the entire hobby. That's powerful, yeah. man. There's there's a lot of leverage there. I don't know if you can do that. I uh, well, and and maybe there's not a rule that says whether you can or you can't. So maybe you do it once, and then see what happens, right? You're right. I don't know. I he he can say what cards have been sold that have been that have been confirmed as altered. The question is then if he can link it to an individual. But if he can out them legally, then. That is a tremendous amount of leverage, um, but I'm seriously, ideally, like, what would I prescribe for this situation? I would prescribe for him to, to 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 contact the people who have done the alterations and say, or the people who have sent him altered cards. Remember, there can be a difference. You can have received it after it's been altered. That is a real thing that happens. It's happened to a lot of people, unfortunately. But if there's a clear pattern and it's obvious who is altering these, 
like to see him really call him out on the carpet and say, listen, you have an opportunity to either make this right to the people who, who you've defrauded and used me to defraud them, or I'm going to tell everyone what, you, what, what the evidence is. I'm going to tell them that we received the cards from you, and I'm going to tell them that it appears that you're the person who likely, who likely altered them. That's, that's the perfect scenario because that's leverage. No one wants their name yeah. out in the hobby like that. Well, and he repeated it later. So later on, he said, the pain is going to go where it's going to go or where it's supposed to go. All right, Brent, like bring the pain. Bring it. You know, let's see it. I, I want to see what you're going to do here. So then Josh followed up with um, a question. How is this going to affect the hobby going forward? I think that's good. It's a hard question to answer because it's like anything else. It's just, it's pretty broad, which we're talking about a broad topic here. Yeah. Um, he said, what's the impact going to be knowing that there's kind of a pool of known trimmed and altered cards? Brent started off by describing himself as very pragmatic. I know you're, you're opportunistic. If you were pragmatic, like this, this issue wouldn't be surfacing right now. This whole thing of having the tenants and this whole thing of bringing the pain and having the third-party website, that's just an opportunist mindset in my opinion. But anyway, he says he's going to answer the question from a personal perspective and he sees this as a time where we take a market that people love and we're going to make the market trusted again. Kind of like a make selling cards great again type of statement um he says i see this as maybe our brightest moment it's not um he said i think this is a chance where we take what we are and we actually become something we're proud of this is the stage of healing Ah, i the rhetoric didn't sit well with me if you couldn't tell by my tone it's just if i had if i was his pr person which i know I think he's got one. It might be his wife. I don't know. But I would just say, like, cut out the rhetoric. Be straightforward with us. And then he, that's when he said the pain's going to go where it's supposed to go. I I don't know, man. We'll see. Let's just see it happen. I think, you know, he he's definitely, you're right, he's definitely opportunistic. He's very political, like he should be, right? He's thinking about how this is going yeah. to affect the market and how it's going to affect his company. So I don't, I don't blame him for acting that way. I think, I think it's interesting because, you know, this, this whole sort of conversation starts with like the idea that, that, you know, he, he wants us, he uses the word mature a lot. You know, he wants us yeah. as a hobby and as, a, as an investment. He, he talks about it very freely, right? Like the cards are an investment. Given that that's where he wants this to go and he wants it to grow, he wants this, this hobby to grow. Um, and given that there's more big money out there than there has ever been, right? There's more guys that are spending four figures and five figures on cards like fairly often than ever before. It, I mean, it has moved in that direction. It has, and so, you know, he he wants it. He wants it to grow up, and he wants it to become something that's more. He wants this, which seems like it's one of the really big, dirty secrets of the hobby. He wants it to go away, and I think he. And and, and again, I might be wrong. He might just he might just be selling me, and I may be just totally backwards <laughs> on this. I think he wants the hobby to get to a point where it does get past this. Understanding how that happens definitely involves the graders and that's why he's looping them in in this conversation and it involves from especially from his pocketbook's perspective like it involves holding the people accountable who have 
who have done these things. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think grading is a part of the hobby. Um, whether people like it or not, it's here to stay. Um, there does need to be some reform, which we'll talk about on a later day. Who knows when? But yeah, he's he's so now it looks like he is taking the lead on this thing, and he said that in here, and I agree with that. Whether whether he chose to take it or not, that's the position he's in, and he talks about how they've done that, and the rhetoric really continued. Um, he says that we're the only entity who's on the message boards willing to post and willing to engage the public, which I've already talked about. I, they're not they're not really there's no dialogue. It's just a monologue. Yeah. Um, he says this is our burden. So I'm not you know I don't know if he's trying to play the sympathy game or whatever. And this is our opportunity to be the face of healing, and we will take it on the chin. Um, I once again the rhetoric doesn't sit well with me. They're closing their inner their discussion up, but Josh uh, brought up a good point where he says that some of these cards are going to start popping up then um, at private sales and in person. But one thing he did say then is what I'm going to insist upon is that if you become flagged by one grading company, you're going to be known by all of them. I like that. Yes. I like that. Supposedly, there's more communication. That would be one thing I would insert into the conversation when we talk about grading reform. But then that's when he followed it up with the green pastures and blue skies ahead thing. And then he closed this thing out by bringing it all back to conservation. A lot of people are not on board with this. I'm glad, you know, they spent a lot of time on it at the start. I'm glad they moved away from it. He's fixated on this conservation term, which makes me very skeptical of the whole situation. Because like I said earlier, I think he's just going to say that card's not altered. It's conserved. There's no check to be written. Um, so we're going to have a lot of, of clean cards and empty wallets, basically. Mm. So he then points out that if you look at some of these other industries like art and comics, that they actually offer, some of their grading companies offer conservation prior to grading. Mm. Wow. You know, and that was kind of a, uh, a shock to end the episode that way, which I, I thought, you know, it could have, there's definitely some questions that should have come after that. Yeah, I agree. He wants to find a similar service for cards. And he says, we are looking into that. Uh, what do you think of a, a conservation service for grading cards? Well, we know that they exist already, but, my, but, but, the, but the bigger question is, is it really conservation or is it alteration, right? I, to have somebody who does the things, a, a, a conservation group that does the things that we believe are acceptable, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I do think that there's something wrong right. with the groups out there right now that, that we have seen that are, that are trimming cards, that are altering cards. That is evil and bad, and we can, right. we can, we can all agree We're on using, that. like, uh, Maguire's car wax on chrome and prism cards. Big deal. And then buffing it in. Big no-no's. And, and you know what? The, a lot of the big submitters um, that I've seen on Facebook, they advertise, you know, submit with me and I'll, I'll clean your card with a cloth. And it, that's, that part seems to be pretty accepted. Yep. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, so now that their whole conversation's over here, you know, I, I voiced a number of concerns as we went. I had one that I was hoping would be mentioned on the show itself. Um, because that it actually had already been hyped on a previous episode, and that was the PWCC vault. Now, the the vault, um, to me, could be an issue when it comes to transparency, which he was really big on transparency, or at least the promise of transparency in this episode. 
from what I've read and what I understand, the Vault is a service that PWCC is offering, and it's supposed to be, according to their website, a state-of-the-art storage facility in Oregon. And the company is very clear about boasting here even that Oregon is a sales tax-free state. You know, if you've got a $1,500 card, you don't want to pay. I think in some states it's 9 or 10%. You don't want to pay that. Yeah. They've got that that they're offering collectors. Um, in the future, then, they want to use this whole vault to obtain a line of credit using items in your vault portfolio as collateral. Which that could be very risky. You know, what if a guy gets hurt? Um, you could sell your, your items stored in the vault in our landmark retail offering the vault marketplace. My concern then is we've got this whole thing about everything being more public and communication and transparency, but then they're also housing this area for maybe a lot more private transactions and big ones, and with a lot of these cards that would be trimmed and altered. We know that's going to take place in person and at shows anyway, and Josh talked about it, but I think PWCC, if they're not careful... They could be facilitating an environment for that as well at the same time that they're trying to fight it. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the vault? I think you did a really good job of explaining it, Kyle. Um, I think I think that I think that um, keeping things private and as far as uh, tra- transactions go, that's really up to the to the buyer and the seller. You know, if you if you buy a car from somebody, it, it doesn't. I don't think it should have to be public. Uh, you know public knowledge of what you sold it for or whatever uh and, and that goes the same that's the same thing for cars as it is for cards um I, I think the idea of of housing everything in one place so that assets are transferable like we see with comc has a lot of a lot of value every time i send something through the mail i always get nervous you know every time i put together a package and yeah, i've got i've got a package to go to probstein right now it's a ten thousand dollar package you know, and when I put when I drop that off at the post office, I'm gonna be nervous. You can avoid a lot of that with 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 what they've with, with what I understand the vault is. I, I I don't even know if the vault's fully operational yet. Now I don't I don't know very much about it, but I think the idea behind from it, what I understand, it's up, but it's not functioning to its its full intentions right now. I I know that they've offered small loans historically. They've talked that he. he he or they talked about that. I think it was on their website actually that, that, that they've done that, and they they offer they offer a lot of loans um, right now, which is one of the reasons why I think they get they get more money. Um, you know, there's pe- people automatically assume that it's shilling when they when they get more money for something, but the fact of the matter is, if you can buy something with your credit that you've already made from selling there. And you don't have tax implications on that, and there should be ta- tax implications whether people are reported or not. Um, or, you know, you you you're you're allowed to sort of borrow against your collection stuff. Those are reasons why they're going to get more money, and that's also the reason why they can charge a higher percentage than a group like Probstein that doesn't offer that. I personally don't need those. Uh, I, I try to ma- manage my cash in a better in, in and be more liquid or me, be. Um, I try to be in a better spot than, than having to, to need to take loans. Um, and so yeah. So I, I don't know that I'll ever use that, but I do see the value of that. As far as the transparency goes, I think it's, again, I think it's fine that, that they have private transactions, but you are absolutely right that it allows them to keep those transactions from everyone. And it would, it would 
it would allow they do you, you you put it exactly right you said you know if they're not careful if they're not careful then they let the bad actors in and the bad actors take it take advantage of the of the good guys by moving their their altered cards in a in a private place and that is it, again that's why it's so important that they draw such a hard line against this and that they follow through with some of the things that they're that they say that they're going to follow through with all right um and it's on that note um we're going to close with adam thanks for hanging in there with me this has been a it's been a long one whether you're listening to it in parts or not we, it's recorded all together <laughs> um is there anything that you want to plug because you've given me an hour and a half or whatever here. Anything you want to plug before you go? Um, Instagram's at the real twenty seven guy. I, I recently had an incredible, incredible experience where I was able to meet uh, Joe Montana's ex wife. She has uh, various memorabilia and things from their their days together, which are you know twenty five thirty years ago now. When he left her, he left all of that stuff. And so it's it's uh it's just it's at her house. She has it. It's amazing stuff. Original contracts, um, jersey that he was presented by Notre Dame after he retired. Um, hundreds of, of signed checks. It's an incredible incredible collection. And I'm gonna attempt to to move that and sell that for her. Um, the other thing is, if I can plug something that hopefully you and I can do in the future. I, I we've talked a little bit about having a conversation about how we how we each think grading needs to be revamped. I have some really strong feelings on how the graders need to change their processes at this point so that we, the collectors, can know what we need to know about the cards um, after they've been encapsulated. And uh, and so if we ever get the, the you know, if you're, if you're ever willing to have me back on again, I would really love to talk about that. But I think you're right. That's probably too long of a conversation for right now. I think if Zion can step out of the way for a little bit this summer, <laughs> then we might be able to make that happen. Um, all right, so uh, Brent closed this interview out, and he he suggested that um, if you know people that li- listened or watched the interview with Josh, if they had any questions, that the next step is dialogue moving forward. Um, so if he's going to make that claim, then I'm going to take him up on it. So if you guys have any follow up questions for Brent. Send them to me. Maybe we can make a list and we can try and package it in a way that um, they're more receptive to. And then maybe we can present it to them in some capacity. You can reach me on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast. You can reach me on email, which is waxmuseumpodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.